two, one. Uh. There we go. All right, we're live. Hey, everybody. So um, I just want to just to start things off, just to start off the live stream. It's great to see everybody again. Um, we're, the, the whole team is back together and um, it's good to see everyone. It's nice. It's nice to have the whole team together. And we've um, we made it. We've made a, a I guess, a, a, small, a small but significant change to the format of the show. We're all equitable equitable co-hosts now of the mcu's bleeding edge so there's there's no more alpha here within the group or whatever you know what i mean there's just you know i might try to dictate the flow a little bit here and there and whatnot and try to keep the conversation flowing but everybody on the show now is a full-on co-host so um you know we're still working the whole thing out behind the scenes but that's what we're doing now so at this point now it's it's a it's a split you know even split here between all three of us and how that's going to end up working out long term we're going to have to see um you know but again it's good to be back you know uh you can always rely on us on mcu's bleeding edge on wednesday evenings nine times out of ten we should be live um around 905 p.m eastern time cyber how you doing brother it's good to see you man i'm good i'm good i'm yeah uh, excited to get into this stuff it's gonna be awesome I just saw that you uh, sent me a video on Rizzle just a minute ago. Oh, it just popped up? Yeah, like the Guardians of the Galaxy one? Yeah. Yeah, no, that one, I actually did that like two days ago. No, no, the response. To, to, oh, yeah, that was like a couple critique. hours ago, though. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. So I, like, I, I did respond, but that was like a couple hours ago already, so I'm surprised it just popped up. That's yeah, that's when I saw it. Harry, <laughs> um, how you doing, man? It's good to have you back, brother. Good. I know it's been it's been a couple weeks, but I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad we get to get back to it and talk about the Winter Soldier. It'll be uh, it's a good episode to come back to. <laughs> it is. I mean, you guys tell me if you could give it a ranking, a, like a, a one to ten ranking, how would you rank episode three? I honestly would give it a good solid nine and a half out of ten, uh, simply for the fact the dance scene was emo. I'm sorry, oh, that, that had me. Dance, <laughs> Zemo dance had me. Like, and the fact that we got a lot of Zemo finally in the episode just it put me over the edge for wanting more. So I would say definitely a good solid nine and a half. That's that's what you know what uh, Cyber. That I think that's fair. Um, what do you think, Perry? I would probably give it an eight. I. Uh... I, I thought it was a really good episode. I had a lot of like action, a lot of, I think this was the most um, packed episode with um, things to move the series a little bit faster. You know, um, I feel like the first two episodes were a lot of like, where have they been? What have they been doing kind of stuff um, and kind of getting you back into these characters lives a little bit. And then this one is like finally taking a hold that they're working together and they've got a plan, you know, where the other two episodes were them figuring out what was going on and like trying to team up, you know? So I, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, like cyber said, it was, it's the first episode that we've, it's the first time really that we've gotten like the, the, the real Zemo, you know, like not just uh, a side villain, in civil war but it's the first time that we've gotten like actual zemo actual baron zemo yeah 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 and you, and without zemo and without sharon carter they never would have had a plan like that it never would have came it, ne it never would have right. come it never would have borne fruition like 
Zemo really connected the team, the squad between Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought, like he really like rounded out the yeah. group, you know. Um, even though yeah. he, even though I think he kind of looks looks at disdain when it comes. I I don't think he's very I don't think he's very like uh happy like too pleased to be working with Falcon honestly because he associates Falcon with the Avengers and everything and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I think he feels like there, there's a unique bond between Zemo and Bucky. There is. Yeah, it's it's like an interesting, uh, yeah, it's like an interesting dynamic, um, and especially when uh, Bucky walks up to the cell that Zemo's in and he starts saying the com- like the the co- the command words again to get him. Um, maybe Zemo knows that he can't control him anymore, but he just wants to like mess with him a little bit and see how he reacts, and. Uh, and I think that's like an important like thing, even though it can be kind of played off as like, oh, Zemo's just like messing with him, but like Zemo plays the mind games and that's and then later when he makes him kind of go winter soldier on everybody, um he you can see the smirk when he like does it, you know. So he he wants him to be like that. Like he's trying to like manipulate him even now, you know, after, I think after play. five years or so. I think he likes to be mischievous, kind of like Loki in a way, but different. You know what I mean? I think yep. there's a sense with him that he really kind of likes to stir things up. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, I, I think he gets it. I think he's very intelligent. Like, he's highly intelligent. Did you see what he was reading? He was reading, like, Machiavelli and stuff like that, like, really deep, like, you know, like, right. old, like material, you know, philosophy and stuff like that. Um. And mm-hmm. uh, then later on in the in the the other book he was reading when he had Bucky's little uh, notebook was uh, a book about like relationships erotic relationships between men and women. That's, <laughs> it was in German, yeah. or whatever, and, then, and then that's what it that's right. what it translated to. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. just to kind of I guess you know based off the question I asked you about the you know how you rate would rate the episode. What did you say, Perry? What, what did you what was your number? Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. Geez, you know what? That's. I mean, you must have like a really high. Are you? Are you assuming that you have like a really high? You have a lot of expectations for like the next episode. Or... Um, I I guess I'm leaving myself room for, uh, secondary uh, like critical thinking when it comes to it. So like, it. it I guess I'm just kind of like. I really enjoyed it, but with shows, I feel like it's really tough to like rate each episode on their own, especially when it's like a six episode season, you know, because it's like each one plays a role. It's not like they're singular episodes, like telling a story, like this is telling one big story over six episodes. So um, the way I usually go about it is trying to like take it out of context and say, if I was just watching this episode, out of context didn't know anything about anything and i was just watching it like what would i what would i think of that sh- that episode of that show kind of thing so um i think i think it did a lot of cool things and uh that's why it's at an eight i would say the only reason it's not a nine or a ten or whatever is just because it's it still feels like they're they're holding some things back a little bit and that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of 
hoping that the last three start fleshing out the things that I hope they do. And then that's, that's where you'll see, like, if they, if they kind of start doing that, um, then you'll get my, you'll get my nines and 9.5s and stuff. <laughs> Cyber, how do you think they're doing with time? Like we got three episodes left, right? We're halfway through the, through the show. Do you feel like it's, it, it, is it similar to WandaVision where we kind of had a conversation back then where like, how are they going to fit all this in in the time that's left? How do you feel about the timing with like, you know, um, with the series? Like, do you feel like it's, do you feel like it's going to be rushed at the end or like, do you feel like the, the balance is going pretty good or? Uh, honestly, um, just like Perry was saying, you know, there's, there are kind of feel like they're holding stuff back a little bit. So if they end up putting everything that been, has been theorized over the last, you know, several months before it even started, um, and they actually go the path that a lot of people are thinking they're going, I mean, those three episodes are going to be at least have to be almost an hour long each to really get all the information out there. The first three episodes, most definitely, like the first two, really were like how Perry was saying, they're they're a little slower than the third episode. So versus the third episode, those two kind of interlock to get you kind of reacquainted with, you know, Sam and and Bucky and kind of what they're doing in society now. Whereas this third episode was a lot more about, you know, getting on with the story. So they did a good job, I feel, with episode three, getting kind of the story going. Versus the first two, they kind of were slacking, I feel, a little bit. So now that we're going to be going to episode four, I feel that probably episode four, maybe even five, might be a little pushed to make to get enough information into each of those two episodes to finally give us that final conclusion so yes most definitely it's not flowing like how wandavision did not at all i feel this is definitely flowing better than wandavision was um but who knows you know how marvel is they like what they like to do is to keep us you know under lock and key until the very bitter end so who knows how they'll do it but eventually, I feel that as the, as they get more used to doing TV series, we're going to see a better flow as they go along. I, well, I think that's a good point. I think one point that I want to make is that um, I'm kind of glad now, looking back, Perry, that we didn't get into too deeply into all those spoilers and everything and all those like you know plots and options <laughs> that was out there. Because honestly, to be realistic, yeah. none of that stuff came true. Really, any of it. Like a lot of the rumors that I heard about the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Uh, on YouTube and stuff like that in the last couple of months, a lot of that stuff is not born fruition at this point. Like for one thing, uh, Bucky and Sam were supposed to bump into Omega red and um, you bait track the leaper or whatever in Madripoor at a bar or something like that. And there was supposed to be a, 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 a battle scene there or whatever. Well, they already went to Madripoor. You really think they're going to go back? <laughs> right. I don't yeah, think so. It- yeah, I don't think so either. I think there's not enough time because with like what Cyber was saying, it, it feels like, and I agree with what he's saying that it's gonna it. There's so much that like Jeff that we talked about on that episode that it just time wise with the last three episodes, it just it, there can't be enough time. You know, like it no. just feels like like they they're gonna have to pack a lot into the next couple episodes because. I feel like I feel like 
the first three episodes could have been put into like two episodes and it could have been faster paced. Um, maybe not, maybe not totally, or maybe they could have done like the first two episodes were an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And like shaved off some of that extra excess. Um, another thing that like I heard was that, um, there's been like, they had to tweak the story a bit. Yeah, um, they had COVID nineteen, the whole you know, the whole CCP virus aspect to it. They had a pit. They were going to have something like yeah. that, that kind of feature with the yeah. program. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. So that could be another reason why it feels like it's not necessarily totally like because something something does like for me at least something does feel a little like um. It doesn't feel entirely linear, like with what, what with what's going on. Like it does feel like something's missing. Yeah, I think just itself was not even. Yeah, I think the story. There's just it feels like something is missing from what they're trying to do. Um, like something little. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's like I I can't. I don't know what it's building up to. You know, it just feels like. Okay, yeah, where the shows, where the series is going, like you, the sweet spot, like yeah, right, isn't it? Because like they're, where they're, oh, I don't mean to yeah. cut you off, but I just want to point this out, and then I'd no. love to you guys both tell me what you think. I really love the way they're handling John Walker and everything, like in the series and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Even though they only gave him a little bit of time in episode three, I love how they're using him and everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're really making a lot of they're they're making good use of him, um, and yeah. when he is on camera. He is like a dominating figure on camera, like he is, like, but not like Cap, not like Steve Rogers, Captain America. Totally different vibe, right? You know what I mean? And I think we really saw that in Episode Three for the first time. Although I got to be honest, yeah, and we saw that in my face. I probably would punch him too. <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Yeah, <laughs> Tell me, Barry, if somebody spit right in your face I- like that, would you not punch him back? I think if well, I wasn't uh, if I wasn't Captain America, then I definitely would do something about it. But if I'm Captain America, you you are you have a certain like expectation of how your like attitude is, you know. So like if he starts just punching anybody he wants to punch just because they disrespect him or they're like not a friend of the United States, then he's not the hero and the person that like people expect out of them you know so yeah, yeah. i think it's an interesting it's uh, perry did you think because now we're seeing like oh, go ahead perry go ahead perry i'm sorry well because oh, all i was gonna say was that with uh um with like fake cap i guess i should say i uh john walker captain america uh we're starting to see those cracks in his character where he is a bit of like, he is the, he's not Captain America. He's not Steve Rogers. Um, and he's starting to like break into that person that uh, we see in the comics. So um, it, it, I really hope they keep building upon that because right now, like I said before, it just feels like something's like, they're like holding too much back a little bit. To where the story just feels like Good point. it's it's either gonna really kick up in four, five, and six, and they're gonna have to, or it's 
going to end a little dry and lead too much into a next season or whatever they're planning on doing with these characters after whether, um, whether Sam becomes like Captain America and they start the show, like they start a different show called Captain America and the Winter Soldier or whatever. Um, but it, it just, it just feels like stuff is happening a little too slowly. Like they don't even have the shield yet, which is something that I thought about where it's like, they might not get it to the last, the last episode. Yeah. And I'm, it's just like one of those things where I, 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 I think I'm thinking too much about it where I just need to watch it play out and then see no, how everything you, came together. You, you know, made a, you made a direct connection to what cyber said. You, you, you basically in a different words, you, you kind of like seconded what, what cyber said about the pace of the series. Right. Not, you know what I mean? And at that yeah. point, I think you, you did a good job of explaining it in more detail. Just the fact that, and cyber I'll kick to you right now in just a minute. Um, in, in terms of the fact that now that you guys mentioned it, it, I do really feel like there is definitely a, a level of um, probably it's it's probably somewhat widespread a level of like okay the show should have gone farther by at this point you know what I mean like we should have seen more right. more characters or should have been you know what I mean like more should have happened like Sharon Carter should have, yeah. should have popped up sooner you know what I mean like not you know I mean mm-hmm. she was great she was the highlight of the episode other than mm-hmm. Zemo yeah go ahead yeah, Cyber but. He kicked butt in that episode. Oh, I know for real, right? Especially when she took out all those guys <laughs> yeah. when they're in the hidden lab, that was like kick mm-hmm. ass. I mean, I was like, like this is the sharing card I've been yeah. waiting for in the series. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, and they're being back very to, violent too. They're being very violent. Uh, they're killing people and stuff like that. Like and like really hurting people. Like it's it's not. They're not being too soft when it comes to that stuff. No, no. Mm-hmm. They actually are like beating up people. You know, they're not being, like, the PC like they have been in the past. They definitely are actually kicking butt this time, more like in the comic books, I feel. Uh, definitely with this series. And even WandaVision, I feel, is even more, was even more uh, considered more like the comic books, you know, where, you know, if you were reading the Punisher comic books or the Ghostwriter comic books, like we've talked about this before, you know, they are not, PG type of level type of comic books. No, they're and almost like the graphic comic books are not. They yeah. are they're the action in them is very coarse. So I mean the fact that they're even going this way with these TV series, I feel is a good direction for the MCU. That's a good point, Cyber. And why and and what mm-hmm. what is it about that whole that style? Do you feel like it just adds like a little bit more like uh balls or like a little bit more dark a little bit more darkness? Maybe you know what I mean, like a tougher, a tougher, like look to like the way the show looks. I mean, I feel that it just makes it more uh, conclusive with the comic books. Yeah, I think more, it, yeah, it gives you more. Like if you are not a huge comic fan, you're only you only know the MCU, and because of the MCU, it gets you interested in comic books. You go to read the comic books, and all of a sudden you're like, this is so different than what I've been watching. <laughs> when they start to bring in what is actually in the comic books, like that type of style with the more, you know, more action, basically, it allows the people to be more, uh, you know, coexisting with the comics and the movie so that they become more attached to it so that they want to read the comic books, that they want to see the connection. And that's how I feel that they're trying to go with these TV series because 
you know, before this, I mean, yes, there was action going on in the movies and all that kind of good stuff. And but it was very PG like. It wasn't graphic like. I mean, the most graphic we got is when Coulson got killed in Avengers. You know, so that fact that they starting to really kind of ease back on that. I like that direction that they're going in, and I feel the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is really proving that, especially with Zemo killing the people he has in Episode Three that we, you know, we've seen. That right there shows me that they're starting to really get into the actual comic book lore. And they didn't seem pissed at Zemo either when they jumped in the car and everything and whatnot. Like nobody seemed to really mind that he shot Nagel. Mm-hmm. Like, Most definitely. Yeah, they they. Yeah, they played it off like they were just they I think they were more pissed off that they couldn't get more information now rather than that he just like killed him and I think that I think they're taking that seriously when it comes to like making this feel like a action thriller, you know, like a the spy thriller is what they kept saying uh prior to the show's release about like what the show would feel like as a spy thriller and that's what it feels like it does it feels like a james bond movie where it's like he shoots people people shoot them you know (laughs) like it's like that's just that's just the reality of the nature of it yeah yeah it's so you would you would expect bucky to kill some people like i mean like when he when you know i don't want to get too far into the the episode without kind of like you know going over the the beginning of it and the middle of it but that fight scene where um, he has to pretend he's being activated as Winter Soldier again—that was a uh, again. Th- I mean, that scene itself that could easily have been the highlight of the show. Like that was awesome. He he's he yeah. like beat up like ten guys dur- during that whole thing. Yeah, yep. and he kicks some ass doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that he, it was, he, it was they, still they still haven't shown us what the arm can do, but like that arm is no joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that he's... scene compared to the the scene in episode two when they're, he's fighting the other super soldiers on top of the trucks, that's how it should have been for that scene. Because, like, how they had it play out where, like, him and Falcon were kind of, like, losing and kind of, like, uh, weaker kind of cracked me up because I'm like, that arm alone is going to be more stronger than any of those guys are going to be. It's made out of vibranium to begin with. And Bucky is a killing machine. So I don't know if because of, you know, kind of how they played it out in the first two episodes, him kind of dealing with being normal instead of being the Winter Soldier. I don't know if that played an effect, like his mind or whatever. But I feel like by this third episode, I feel like that finally is going away and he's coming back to who he was. Uh, but with you know his sanity intact. Oh, that's a that's a that's a yeah. great point. I I think Bucky's an intelligent guy. He knows when to pick his spots. Yeah. You know, I mean, what do you think, Harry? Like, you know, I mean, honestly, I I personally, I I honestly think that I think that um they were just outnumbered in that in that fight scene up on top of the the trailer truck. They were outnumbered and they were being grabbed and held and everything by like the super soldier serum type flag smashers. Who are extremely strong? Like, look, um, you're right. Bucky could have done better, compared, considering the fact that he does have the, the super soldier serum. Um, and plus, there's got to be other stuff that his arm does. We just don't know about yet. Like, I don't believe that Shuri would have made him an arm and not given him, you know, some kind of like, you know, knives that come out of it or something, or like, you know, something. You know what I mean? Or you know, the kind of stuff that his old arm did. Um, so. No, I feel, I, well, I, I feel like that's a good point, Cyber. It really is because 
they basically didn't do what they they accomplished nothing fighting them really. Like John Walker did more damage when he got on the truck than anybody did. Yeah, um, he supposedly doesn't have any super soldier serum in him, so he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he has it yet. I don't even think you know what they. I think they really all the rumors ended up a lot of his the rumors ended up not being true because he may not even get the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really yeah. hope he does. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Perry, I, I'll let you, I'll let you jump in, but I mean, we still haven't seen Thunderbolt Ross. I was expecting to see him by now, and obviously, we got to talk about who the power broker is. Me and Perry talked the other day that uh, it, maybe it could be Sharon Carter. Now that I watched the, sh- the episode again, Zemo specifically says it's a he. You know what I mean? Like at that oh, point, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that could be kind of like a like a mislead for the audience. Like everybody thinks it's a he, and maybe the face of it is a he as like a because you because you know like they did the same thing with uh, um, the Mandarin with uh, Iron Man three. You know they had a fake face of the like organization like the Ten Rings, and then it ended up being the other guy. So. There is that like notion that it could be like there could be a fake face of uh, like the power broker and who the general public believes he is kind of thing. And then somebody actually running it from behind to keep their keep themselves safe. You know, do you yeah, really think very that, possible? Do you I mean, my my feeling now, now that I've watched the episode three times is that I don't think Sharon Carter is the power broker. I don't think she is. I think she's just like a, I think she's a street hustler. Yeah, I think she I think she has a connection in some way. Maybe it's not major, but I feel like she's going to her character arc is going to be compl- is going to be is going to become complicated because she owes the power broker something or you know like that's where her issues like when she mentioned um we have a problem or we have a few problems, you know, she said to her uh either assistant or driver who was she mentions that and usually i guess historically with movies when a character says that they're usually mixed in you know like they usually have like a complicated relationship with whoever the main characters are going after so story structure and character structure i guess is pointing to the direction that she is connected to the power broker whether it's a major or minor relationship like whatever it is or maybe she just owes him something and now this is going to make it more complicated or whatever it is but um i think it would add that to that yeah i was uh, referencing you talking about sharon Carter and the power broker stuff uh, made me think um about uh we were talking about earlier, uh, now I'm totally trying to like, of course, as soon as I start talking about, um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, we were talking about, oh, that's right. Okay. So how we were talking about earlier that we haven't seen Omega Red yet and why would they have to come back to the, the fictional city? Well, there, you just answered kind of your own question. If they have to go back to get Sharon Carter or if they have to go back to Madripid to, for some odd reason to deal with the power broker, there could be your opportunity of all of a sudden that scene of Omega Red popping up. Um, That's good point. I don't foresee them. I, I feel because with Zemo's plane that they're in, 
I feel that there is a good chance they're going to end up back in Madripoor again at some point in the next three episodes. So I think the Omega Red scene still could be out there. Um, well, just- that's a good point. You're you're right. I mean, it's it's a, it, there's a possibility. Um, you know, who knows what's going to end up happening? I'd have to imagine that probably by the next episode they're going to tell us who the power broker is. Like that's my take. I would think it would be the next episode would be that that episode. And um, going back to kind of something you guys touched on earlier, uh, you know, the pacing of the show and everything. You know, honestly, Perry, off the top of my head, I kind of agree with you and Cyber in that like they almost are going to have to have like fifty-five minute episodes, the next three episodes, because it, it almost feels like there's still so much story left to like be played out. You know what I mean? And um, it's, I'm almost kind of wondering if they're going to like all of a sudden put the script on us and give us like a, 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 like, like a vision of the, of the, of the next episode or the fifth episode where we see it it from a different perspective. You know what I mean? Like they did with WandaVision, you know, but like on a minimal Mm. scale, like maybe like just a part of the episode, they do it like that. But I think they might start doing that with like some of the flag smashers. You know what I mean? Like, um, because they clearly want to play, they really, they, you know, that they, they want to, um, use that. I like that, uh, Carly character. I do. Um, I'd have to look up her, her actual name really quick, but I, I think she's Carly cute. Morgenthal. Yeah. Carly Morgenthal. I like, I like her hair. Is she, um, <laughs> is she like, uh, is she mixed? Do you think? I, I think know. when I looked her up, she is uh, she's black and white. I think. Yeah, that's what she's I thought. A mixture of the two, I think, if I remember correctly, what I read, uh, she's part black and part white. Erin Kellyman, that's her name. She's really pretty, um, and she's really cool in the show. Mm-hmm. Too. It's so cool to see to see a chick with the super soldier serum. Like that's the first time we got to see it. Really, you know what I mean? Like until we until yeah. what it comes and we get to see Sharon, uh, we get to see Peggy Carter. Get the super soldier serum and become Captain America. Um, or she won't be Captain America, mm-hmm. she'll be Captain Britain or whatever at that point. Um, that's Perry, you missed out on that, man. Me and me and Cyber already started a mini series covering the rest of the, the Disney Plus MCU phase four series. Oh yeah. We haven't gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. Just one episode, just one yeah. episode. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of thoughts to talk about. <laughs> but. So um <laughs> As far as the episode goes, you know, I, I real quick, you know what? Why don't I go ahead and take the advantage for a minute and I'll play the promos for the episode just to kind of jog the memory a little bit. Um, they're short. They're only like a minute long. But I, I downloaded them all really quick, so I'll go ahead and throw them up real quick. The danger with superheroes become icons. Wars are fought. Movements are formed. People need something to get behind. We're going to do it our own way. She will escalate and you will not stop. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. Why didn't you use the metal arm? Right-handed. Exclusively on Disney+. Plus. 
It feels like it belongs to someone else. That shield represents a lot of things to a lot of people. Good talk. She will escalate and you will not stop. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. We look damn good, though. Exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, there we go. I feel like we should have ad-libbed at the end there, like, and check this site out too. They did. I mean, they did give us a couple. They did give us some some clips from the episode that I thought were pretty, like, you know, uh, like interesting, like important to the to this fabric of the story and everything of the episode. Um, you know, that scene I really like. Throwing the shield was one of them. That one was cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I, uh, it'll be nice when they finally get, let us actually get to see all that. You know what I mean? Like, um, they've been showing us showing us that stuff for a minute now. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, like, like I've told, I've, I've told, I think I've told Perry and Cyber this. I feel like I don't, I don't feel comfortable with anybody being Captain America, but Sam. That's it. Like, that's there's nobody else. That's why when I see John Walker, I like John Walker's character so far. I don't dislike him because I like antiheroes. I do. And I don't mind like aggressive kind of like, you know, brutal tactics and stuff like that. I think they're a part of life, unfortunately. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, an end, they're just like, just like uh, Zemo said, it, it's a means to an end, you know, like sometimes you've got to be violent and sometimes you've got to be sadistic to get your point across, um, you know, or like, you know, or to, or to leave a certain impact on somebody in a situation, you know, like um, it's, it, that's just how, that's, that's, that's literally, that's reality. That's where like the Punisher comes in and Ghost Rider, people like that, you know, like Morbius, like they, you know, they either like almost kill or kill people like, you know, and not only do they kill people, but like Ghost Rider, like actually like, you know, eviscerates people like, you know what I mean? Like with his chains and stuff like that. And he gives people the pen and makes them have to like see all the most horrible things they've ever done in their lives over and over and over again and shit. It still hasn't been played out like very well on film. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but um, basically, yeah. I I felt like the 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 fight the fight scenes have been great. I really enjoyed them. But what do you guys think about the whole like flag smashers angle? Um, do you think that they're like that they're that they're going to be the big villain of the show, or do you think we still haven't seen like really who the big villain is? Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I'm like they are kind of like the show. They're kind of like that mask in front of what is really the big baddie. I think that we're going to find out who's actually really behind their project or their goal end. And they're actually going to be the main villain. And kind of like how we've seen in other movies and so forth in the MCU. Uh, like, I think a good example, it kind of like is, you know, how Thanos was in the background the whole time kind of playing 
being the puppeteer like he was and he using Loki and Avengers and using the other people to really, you know, try to get his goals um, for that first, you know, the first four phases, three phases. And I feel that's kind of the same thing that's going on with, you know, between the flag staffers, uh, the power broker, and who knows if, you know, like you said, we have, we don't know what happened to Thunderbolt. If we're going to see yeah. him or not, but he could play into that part too as well. We yeah, it's, it, it definitely seems, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like it's, it. There, we just haven't seen anything really of them. Like we've just gotten like five minutes here, five minutes there. They fought them once. They keep getting mentioned and they keep getting like, uh, like people are paying attention to them, but we haven't really seen them do anything, you know, like they haven't really done anything that makes us go, Oh, they're the big bads, you know? So that's another thing that I'm like, at, at some point, I, I, hopefully in the next episode, they like kind of nudge us to who the big bad is so that we have a more understanding of like what's going on, you know, cause this is it. And it, Cause right now I kind of feel like it's like with WandaVision, it was a fun, we don't know what's going on, but like right now I just feel like we don't know what's going on and it just feels like it's, it's not coming together on their part. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it's a planned or a, a, a really well-planned like mystery of what's going on. You know, they're just dropping hints instead of like showcasing it. They're like, they're kind of just, Hey, here's some maybe villains, and it's like, okay, well, who's the actual villain? You know, like, yeah, like where are yeah. we going with this? They have the we have the power broker, we have the flag smashers, we have Zemo, um, we it's it, Thunderbolt Ross might be in there somewhere. You know, like we've got too many like maybes going on, and it's like, um, they're kind of showcasing all of them. They even had like the last episode, I believe, was called the Power Broker. What? Mm-hmm. But nothing really, nothing really happened with the Power Broker. You know, he just kept getting mentioned again, and it's like, okay, well, you can't name the episode Power Broker if we're just gonna keep whispering about him. You know, he disappeared again. Dad. So, <laughs> no, I, hear you, Perry, I don't know. I it's just, yeah, it's just kind of like. Two guys. And I, I, I'm really out. enjoying the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying the show, but I do feel like it's like, I feel like the, this next episode is really going to be like, whether or not I'm going to be looking back at and being like, yeah, it was fine. Or I'm going to look back and being like, oh, they really did a good job. Like building up to this, you know? Cause that's what it feels like. It just doesn't feel like it, anything is building up. It just feels like it's building up to like showcase other characters, but there's no story build up, And I don't know, like, cause it's going to go in a hundred different directions. I was, yeah, I was hearing things that, that the Falcon winter soldier was going to be different than WandaVision. They purposely were saying that with Falcon winter soldier, that it was going to be very straightforward. What was going on. And that was like kind of the key so that there wouldn't be those big buildups like with WandaVision was. Uh, so, Everything you're seeing in an episode, they're saying, is that that's straightforward. That's what the story said, and that's what the story's doing. 
So the fact that like how this episode ends with them going off to another place is kind of was kind of its way of telling you, okay, this is what the next episode is going to take and tell kind of pretty much how each episode is kind of ended is supposedly supposed to be that link to the next episode. So that's yeah. how they're saying is like the straightforwardness of the episodes and of the story for the Falcon Winter Soldier, which I get it. I get, you know, how, you know, the buildup usually does kind of happen usually in most shows, but for some reason, yeah, this one does not do that. And I think they're trying something different, and that's why they're going that route. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel it's a bad thing, but <laughs> at the same time, I'm, I can see that when it doesn't do that, a little bit of that buildup to kind of get you psyched, um, I can see how that can kind of downplay things. Most definitely. I agree. Yeah, it just, yeah. Go ahead, Perry. Yeah, it. That's just that's just where I'm at right now with it. Obviously, like I'm I'm giving them a lot of like obviously I don't think that this is gonna be like the end of it and I don't think that they're not gonna figure it like it's not gonna be bad. Like I don't think it's gonna leave it on nothing for the next three episodes. I don't think it's gonna be like that. Um I'm just so the way that I'm viewing it is that all right, so now next week I'll have to see how how it kind of starts playing out because we're in like a show. If you, if you think about it in like a season, that was the mid season finale. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's what, it, that's what the mid season finale was. And we didn't really learn much besides stuff. We already kind of figured, you know? So that's, it, it's just one of those things where I, I, I'm hoping that like with the next episode, it'll be, um, it'll start doing that like build up that we're talking about where we feel like, like it's picking up pace to get to that, like that finale, you know? Cause right now it just feels like they're still like the characters still don't know what's going on. You know, it just feels like they still don't know what's going on. Um, and we don't have any hint of like anybody else's plans, you know, which is fine if it play, plays out in the way that that works at the end. And you can watch all six episodes and you're like, okay, all right. But when it's a week apart and you don't feel like it's like every episode is building necessarily, it makes each episode like you're like, you can only talk about it so much, especially when it's a more straightforward show like this one with WandaVision, you could talk about it for a week and you still haven't hit uh, everything, you know, but with this one, it, like you said, it's straightforward. It's it's, it's limited. more of a classic Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah. there's not as much. It's not as it, there's not as much intrinsic and, and detailed you know conversation to have like with Wandavision, where there were so many different moving parts and like right. there was so much suspense with every character that wasn't every character in the show. There was a suspense there, like what's going to happen next with that character? What are they going to do next? What are they going to say next? Like they really they did a good. They, I mean, I can't wait to go back and do a Wandavision um like post review when we all get a chance to go back and watch it again um and because i'm definitely going to do that and and talk about it again because it'll be a lot of fun i think Mm -hmm. people will enjoy it um but honestly uh i mean what do you think like it's it's you almost have to believe that that you got to be 90 percent sure pretty much that they're going to pack the next episode with a lot like a lot of story a lot like a lot's going to come together because like you said, I think part of it, is, Perry, is the fact that we're 
all of us, even the ones that are that are you know sophisticated fans, we have we have expectations for the MCU and for Marvel content to be a certain way. When things don't just connect the way they usually do, it does kind of make us feel a little bit awkward. Like you know, like um, it's different. Yeah. You know, we're used to like the interconnectedness being right there. At this point, I really have a feeling that unless unless like I'm totally miss like missing something, and they, and they change the game on us or something, I think we're going to see a lot of John Walker in Episode Four, um, and I think we're going to see Isaiah Bradley again, um, and I think that Rhodey might even pop up. He, that might it might be his his turn his you know his time to pop up back in the series. I don't believe he's done. That they just used him for that one episode and that's all that's all yeah yeah and that's that's what i'm thinking it's got to be it's got to be a packed episode where they start connecting like the different storylines because it does feel like everything's very separate even though everybody's had an interaction with each other it still feel it still feels like everybody's kind of like out doing their own thing and there's not this central thing pulling them all together besides like the super soldier serum but the super soldier serum is kind of still like it's just a thing you know it's not they're trying to find like they found who made it they know who had it first and it's kind of like okay well if the power broker doesn't have them the flag smashers have them but we haven't seen anything of Flag Smashers, so how dangerous are they actually going to be for this show if they've got all the Super Soldier Serum and we haven't seen much of them, you know? So that's that's what I'm thinking. It, it's going to be... I I think I'm trying not to be too critical of it because it was one episode of a six... Like, you know, it's only episode three. So I'm trying to, like... Uh, I, I think that the last three episodes are going to be, like, fine. Like, they're going to do what they have to do to tell the story like they wouldn't they i mean they've had more than enough time to like make sure that it would so um i don't really think it's gonna like fall on it like fall on its face but just uh just as like where we're at now that's that's kind of how i feel about it you know well cyber don't you think that's kind of interesting that we're at that point i mean that that the conversation has led to that level because Going into this, my whole feeling towards episode three was episode three was like a 10 that, that yep. for me. Like, I thought it was a 10. I thought it was the best episode yet out of the three. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it just how it came together pretty well. Like, it, you're mm-hmm. right, Perry. From from like a standpoint of like the whole crime thriller, like, you know, or like, you know, um, Mission Impossible type vibe. I'd love to see more of that going on, like more like, you know, second and third level activity happening. You know what I mean? And more characters yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, as an episode, um, it was long. It was like 53 minutes, I think, total. And with the credits and, uh, you know, and, and oh, and I want to make the make a point. I like the music with the credits. And you guys like that music? Yeah, I do. And the credits yeah. are pretty cool, too. They're mm-hmm. not bad. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I really feel like it's interesting that we're at this point where, even though it was such a great episode, that was so it was so well put together, we're still feel, we still feel like we're lacking a little bit here as far <laughs> as like the cohesion of the show. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny how it really is. This, this whole Disney Plus Marvel Marvel you know produced these series are really interesting to like cover and try to speculate and theorize. They're diff- it's very hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing because it's uh, we're very used to. Uh, um, I think Wandavision was 
more like a movie every episode where you felt like something happened at the end that you were like, okay, like what's going to happen next. But with this one, it definitely feels like it's a slow burn, you know, when we're used to these action ones being like, okay, it's two hours and you get the beginning, middle and end, you know, like the story is complete with the movies and now they're breaking it up into like, into a six or seven hour, like, story instead of the two hour movie or the two hour story. And we're starting to see why um, like they're definitely going to have to like see how that works for them moving forward with the shows and stuff too, especially with the straightforward shows. WandaVision, it worked perfectly because there was like we said before it, like you could do a lot of crazy shit on that and have people talking and going, Oh my God, like what just happened? You know? But with this one, there's a lot less of that, like, oh, my God, what just happened? You know, it's it's a little more like we have a beginning and end. And if you don't have enough middle, it, it can feel like a little stretched out and things don't happen as quickly. And the revelations that happen during the episode, the audience is already like in front of it, you know. And if the audience is in front of it too much, then when the reveal happens, you're like, okay, okay, like, that's good. We know that for sure now. All right. But like, what's the next thing? Like, what's the big, what's a big reveal that can happen to keep us like wanting to like keep us on the edge of our seats for the next episode. And I feel like this, um, I feel like the show just isn't doing that yet. Um, I feel like the last three episodes are going to be more like, at the end of the episode, you're going to be sitting on your, the edge of your seat, just waiting for the next one. But, uh, um, the first three have been kind of lacking that, that shock ending or that, like what's going to happen next, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's episode three. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I keep going on about it, but I'm trying not no, to be, <laughs> I don't, wanna, I don't want people point. to think I'm like hating on it. Cause I think it was a lot of fun. Like I, I'm having a lot of fun with the episodes. Um, but just like, if, it, it, if I'm trying to be critical, then I'm going to be critical, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's a, <laughs> a difference. from series to series, it's going to be different. Look at Loki. Did you guys right. see the new Loki trailer? Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think cyber? Like I thought it looked, I mean, the visuals were, were crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a blast of a show. It looks like it's going to be your classic Loki um, that we really have come to love and know. Uh, You can definitely tell that this Loki, because he didn't experience Ragnarok yet, you can tell that it's still that pre-existing Ragnarok Loki. You can tell that he hasn't had all the epiphanies he's had with Thor as the original Loki did. So it's nice to see that Loki again. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of grows, um, you know, and kind of what, you know, because they give you the example that because of what he did by taking the, you know, the the space stone at the end of an endgame, and he basically fractured time, which what is what the Sorcerer Supreme said, in Endgame as well, that that could happen if one of the stones was not properly placed. And so in that, with Owen Wilson being part of the Time Bureau, um, 
we get all those amazing visuals, like you said, that it's just going to be a spectacular, you know, scene. It's just going to be a really fun show, I have a feeling, that it's going to be really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing just all what they do with the whole time-splitting thing and see where that leads. That's the one thing I'm really excited for, to see if that changes anything. And who knows, maybe some people that are supposedly dead might end up coming back. We don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what Marvel ends up doing with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. so I like Owen Wilson's character. He seems he's he's a great addition. I'm really wow. glad they brought him in. Wow. <laughs> Loki. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. And then they're, they're a good pairing. The two of them together yeah. the dialogue. They're a good pairing. Like, because um, you know, he's very sarcastic. Which is a great attitude to have with Loki because he's so full of himself. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so it's a good it's a good mix. And uh with the part that I mean, really, Tom Hiddleston is just brilliant as Loki. He really is. He's brilliant. And it's I'm so glad they brought him back and they, they're doing this. I'm so glad they're doing a season two already. I, I I've talked to Perry and Cyber personally about this whole Falcon of the Winter Soldier series. I don't think there's gonna be a season two. That's just my take personally. There could be one. Should there be one? Probably there should be one. But I have a feeling that they that they're not going to do another another season. I think they're going to do something different with the characters. Yeah, I, the the one thing that I see that they 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 might do is re uh like start the next seat like a new season or a new uh thing with uh Sam Wilson as Captain America and they call it Captain. And the win, Winter Soldier, or something, or oh, it'll be successful. Yeah, or they do a movie with the two, and they call it Captain America and the Winter Soldier, not Captain America Winter Soldier. You know, something like like changing it up just enough. You know, where it it's like a buddy cop movie kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the Loki the Loki trailer looks a lot like look looks like it's going to be another like it's going to be a mix between like what we're seeing now with the Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um and like WandaVision where it's going to have like the wackiness and kind of like the the weirdness that WandaVision explored and then it's going to be like the action and like the dialogue and the comedy and the the buddy back and forth that we get with the Falcon and Winter Soldier you know it's going to have that like mix of it so it's going to be like the happy medium and I think Owen Wilson gets a bad rap. You know, he's not known for being like a great actor in that regard, but I think he's, I think he's, I like him. I think he's great. Yeah. He's had some good roles. He really has. Yeah. So I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited for that one. And that one comes out, one in a month and a half or so. Is it that like, far? I think, I think so. I want to um, say, um, Cyber, when does Loki come out? June 11th. June 11th. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, like two months. Wow. All right. So, oh, well, I forgot. What if comes that? What if comes after this show? I forgot that about that, doesn't it? Or is it Loki? It's I'm Loki's pretty, next. Yeah, Loki yeah. is next. Okay. Yeah, so, that, is, so we've got so we've got three weeks left then of this show. That means that they're going to give us a whole month and a half off without any Disney Plus. Well, That's so. So well the the new uh Star Wars animated show The Bad Batch is coming out on Disney Plus. So they're not going to run a Marvel and Dis- or a Star Wars show probably at the same time um because they both they own both properties so they won't 
take viewership away from one or the other really or attention i guess is more important for them like attention from one or the other so they'll which, probably go go ahead which, cyber yeah yeah which makes no sense to me because the bad batch is supposed to start on may 24th loki starts june 11th so uh, it's will... may the 4th may the 4th oh may the 4th oh, okay may the 4th then um, yeah oh yeah because May the 4th be with you. (laughs) So six, let's say it's six episodes long, I think is what they said it was supposed to be. So that's what, that takes us, that should take us to Loki then. June 11th. Yeah, yeah. I I think with the animated show, I I can't remember exactly how many episodes they said. I, with the animated shows, it might just be, they usually do like more, they usually do closer to like 10 or 12. But with with the way that they're setting up their shows, they pro- they're probably going to do like a more limited um, episodes with even the animated shows, just because they have. They're probably going to end up going Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars. You know. Um, but Perry, I never got to ask you. Did Did you get to see Snyder Cut yet, Perry? The Snyder Cut, yeah, I did. You did, Asaba. You saw it already. I know. We talked about it. I still haven't I seen it twice now. I still haven't seen it. I've been watching. I've been watching Nerdo. Like I've been banging out like a season and a half of Nerdo every day for like the last four or five days. So I've been feeling very yeah. well. This is the best I felt in like in the last like week, basically like tonight, which is great. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that my energy came back. But um, I've still got to watch it. What did you think, Perry? What was your take on it? I think it was a hundred and thirty percent better than what we got in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it was necessarily a fantastic film, but I the four hours did not feel like four hours for me. Um, I felt like the characters were a little bit better built, um, especially like um, like the um, and even Wonder Woman's uh, like scenes, like in the beginning where she fights off those um those terrorists and stuff like it, it everybody everybody got more screen time and a little more attention and uh for me it just felt like you could tell what happened with the weed and cut you know like what happened with the justice justice league you know um and that snyder definitely had a vision whether or not it would have been four hours is probably not realistic it wasn't going to be four hours in the theater he probably would have had to cut it down to like uh, what Endgame was like at three hours or something? Um, they but, actually, he actually said that originally his cut was three and a half hours when okay. he was going to release it in 2017. When it was all yeah. his vision, that's okay. originally what it was supposed to be. And I would have had just as much fun watching that in theaters. And um, but I thought it, I thought it was just a better movie. Like it just felt better. Like you, you actually got to see where the movie was heading. Like with the weed and cut, it just felt like everything was like thrown together, like on a wall. And they were like, okay, this can connect here. Uh, well, it doesn't really make sense, but we can just do that. You know, um, I haven't seen and it. It just felt rushed. I, haven't, but, I, 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 I almost want to, I bought it and I haven't watched it yet. I almost want to watch it just so I can see the comparison when I watch the Snyder cut. Yeah. Uh, there's something about the way, the way that Snyder films, he makes everything look like a graphic novel. 
you know, yeah. like on, on, on film. He really does. Like everything that yeah. he does, there's like that graphic novel-esque to it. You can see it in the trailer for Snyder Cut. You know, like yeah. they made Spider-Man, they made Superman look kind of dark and edgy. Mm -hmm. You know, th th like they, they did it. I mean, they, he, you're right, Perry. They did a good job of propelling the characters and doing. I, I, from what I've heard, that they've given the, the characters a lot more room to play. Um, but it's it, you know it's unfortunate. I, I hope that they decide to do a second installment because obviously, like this was supposed to be at least two movies, right? Like initially. So um, you know, as far as Joss Whedon goes, people can hate hate on Joss Whedon. I know that he did like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like that and whatnot and everything. And that is pretty weird and stupid. But um, at the same time, he did give us the first Avengers movie. So you've got to give him credit for that. And then it went downhill after that right away. <laughs> no, it was the whole still a good movie, man. It is. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it's see, yours. Yeah. You can see how he was trying to basically sabotage it and, with that movie because out of all four Avengers films, that's probably people most say that is the worst Avengers film. Oh, it is. It's it's obvious just from watching it. It is. It's yeah. totally. It's totally. And but like, at the same time, it could have done with it. It it could have been so much better. I mean, I the fact that they kill off Quicksilver in it, like right away, it's like what? Like you introduce the character finally, and then you kill him off right away. Like what was that? I th thing? I, th I think that was actually a rights thing, um, because uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. And I don't even know why they would have see the thing is is they could have not even brought him in like originally they could have just not done Quicksilver and mentioned that he died in the experiments or something and just changed the characters a little bit you know then that would have um, thrown off the comic book canon yeah but I mean they just if you're looking used him at all like they could have said yeah. that he was off doing something else you know versus even bringing him into the fold but think about him it. later on. He'd be with his sister no matter what. They are brother and sister. You know what I mean? So like it makes sense. It made sense for them to to go to Hydra together. You know, like look, they, they've changed up their entire backstory already from the comic book anyway. It, yeah, right. Got their powers, everything and whatnot is totally different in the comics than like what's going on, what happened in WandaVision and what happened in um with Hydra and everything in Avengers Age of Ultron. But I honestly think maybe I'm being like maybe I'm just being like uh, biased or whatever because I love the MCU and I love the, the I love all these these properties basically. But I feel like that over over time people are going to appreciate Age of Ultron more. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bad movie. Like I don't think it's a bad movie by by any means. There was definitely he he made a worse movie a couple years later. So it's like um it there's definitely it could have been a lot worse. Um and I think a lot of it was just I think maybe that was at a point where they were still figuring out exactly what direction they wanted to like go with everything. Because if you look at like some of the older MCU films, they all have like very different styles and then now you notice that there's a lot of cohesion between the movie's look the movie's feel how they go about storytelling like there's a very like now it's a very methodical thing and i think maybe age of ultron was the point where they realized that they really had to like hone in on like their vision um where the other ones before it 
were more individualized films, so that wasn't so important. But when they all came together, I think it didn't necessarily all like meld together because that cohesive nature wasn't necessarily fulfilled yet, you know, like could as it is the now. Russo brothers? So what do you think, Cyber Perry? You could that have been the could the Russo brothers have been the difference that really changed that cohesion? Almost oh, definitely. As soon as they came on and did uh, Captain and the Winter Soldier, that was the start of the MCU, really, if you think about it. I mean, yes, we had, you know, we had John Ferber do the first two Iron Mans. We, you know, we had uh, Kenneth Braun do the first Thor. We had Joe Johnson do Captain America 1. You know, we had those films. But when the Roos Brothers came in and started doing the Captain America films, that's really what brought very much a lot of cohesion to the MCU because their storytelling and their action eye really brought a lot of great things to those films. And when they did Civil War, they were just continuing. They actually, I feel Civil War really was a kind of a uh, kind of like the, the MCU saying sorry for the crappy Avengers Age of Ultron. This is what Age of Ultron should have been here's Civil War to continue the story, and this is what's going to lead into Infinity War and Endgame. You know, so definitely the Roosters have brought a greatness to the MCU, and they need to be kept in the MCU for a long time because they really know their stuff. I imagine if they had done Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're brilliant like as even like I, I, I watched, uh, I started watching community um, during the, uh, during the pandemic, the show community. And there, I tried, uh, I tried for a minute, but <laughs> I, I didn't get very far. <laughs> I, I love it. It's so it's, it's very quirky and it's very like, it's a, it's kind of, it's a bizarre show in the sense that it's, it, it was a primetime show, but does not feel like a primetime show. Um, but it was them and uh, Dan Royland who uh, who did uh, Rick and Morty, and so it's 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 two very like creative mind like I guess three creative minds working on that show, and then you see how that creativeness in that uh, like understanding of how a show or a group of people have to like all have a story and you see how strong that is in community where everybody has a story. And if they don't, it's like made fun of, like it's, it's very meta in that way. And you see a lot of that, not only with Justin Roiland going to Rick and Morty and you see a ton of like that stuff, but then you see the Russo brothers coming off of that show and going into big blockbusters. And you had that same understanding of how stories have to be told with what they're given, you know, like they have a very good understanding of like, this is the story we're trying to tell. How do we tell it the best way? And how do we get certain things across in a meaningful way where you learn a lot about people, not just about what they say, but what they do and how they're doing it and how they say things, you know? And I think that was something that gets, that got lost in age of Ultron a little bit where there was so many characters and, they were starting to become more distinct and individualized and Joss Whedon didn't necessarily direct that kind of individualism as a whole with everybody. But then when you get to civil war 
everybody feels like themselves and it's this whole thing with everybody together, but everybody still feels individualized and useful, you know? But you don't think the timing maybe has something to do with that too, though? Now I'm not trying to pardon Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon and his, and his, you know, directorial abilities. I'm just saying sure. timing standpoint, if you think about it, when the first Avengers came out and the age of Ultron came out, the, the core six Avengers had only been knowing each other and having friendships for a couple of years, really. You know what right. I mean? By the time Infinity War and Endgame came out, they had been like they had they'd gotten similar tattoos and everything, you know, and like <laughs> had, like good friends for years and years. Yeah, you know, like, Black Widows a- appeared in like what, like eight or nine different movies, like you know, or se- six or seven <laughs> movies or, or eight yeah. or movies. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, she was in all she was in Captain America: Civil War. She was in Winter Soldier, which I thought was great. She was great in Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, but Iron I'm, Man too. Yeah. People don't give enough credit to the Russo brothers that I mean that they even delivered the way they did with Infinity War and Endgame. The expectations oh, yeah. were so high that, like, I mean, I swear to God, I've told I've told you guys this before. What pumps me up more than anything in the world, the one thing that really gets me excited and gets my blood flowing, is watching trailer reviews of Infinity War on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing people's reactions to watching those trailers from Infinity War. I think they were the best trailers ever for any movie. Like yeah. that one trailer where at the end it finishes off with Captain America going up against Thanos and Thanos has his arms and everything and like Captain yeah. fighting him and everything. That was awesome, man. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire like MCU. That's like probably top top three favorite scenes is him that, what about holding that the gauntlet. Scene? What about the one scene that, that wasn't actually in Infinity War, but the one from the first trailer where at the end where it showed it showed Hulk and Black Panther and Cap <laughs> in black uniform all together. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. I remember that, that end scene. That was like well, every time you watched that, what back then when you first came out, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. It's the energy, the uh the excitement, you know, it's, it. I have to go back and watch some of those. Cause those are, yeah. Be fun. I'm about to do <clears throat> an infinity war end game night here coming up pretty soon, but yeah. to get, bring things back to the whole Falcon and winter soldier episode three deal. Um, <laughs> okay. The Sharon Carter fight scene. I didn't even notice it until, until today that Sharon Carter was at that club that they first went to in Madripoor, that first bar. And by the way, all those places that they went to at Madripoor are all real in the comic books. Like, they're all comic book authentic. And so is the whole Smiling Tiger deal. The Smiling Tiger guy was on the, the Thunderbolts, I believe, um, mm-hmm. several years back. So he's a real character. Um, but, you know, again, like, with Zemo, where do you guys think the direction of Zemo is going to go? Because in the beginning of this, me and Perry talked about how Zemo could be the actual villain of the show and everything and whatnot. But now that we've had an episode with Zemo, I'm really wondering what the MCU was going to want to do with his character. Like how, how they're going to want to play him out in this series, you know, because right now he seems very sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I honestly, we can't, that takes me back to me saying earlier how the MCU likes to trick us likes to keep us in the dark. I think Zemo at some point, I don't know if it's going to be in the next couple episodes or the very final episode. I think 
by the end of the series, though, we will find out exactly what Zemo's intentions are. Uh, you know, and basically to see what exactly, you know, he becomes. I mean, he dons the mask in this episode and makes him more like Zemo, like, than anything else it has made him Zemo, you know, since we first saw him in Civil War. And I think putting on that mask is showing kind of the direction he's going in. And a lot of people, I've been hearing a lot of people, a lot of people that are very close to the series that know a lot of people that have talked to people and stuff like that. I've read their like comments and stuff like that. I've seen their videos and they suggest that they think that this is going to end up the end of this is going to really show the start of the Thunderbolts. They really do think that's what the direction is going in. But the fact that we, this episode was called the power broker, the fact that we saw Zemo wear the mask uh, and the fact that we hear about Thunderbolt uh, in the past, we've heard about him. Um, and the fact that I feel that there is a loose connection to the Black Widow film for this series, I think that is all inclusive, saying that that's probably the direction that they're going to end up going in. Is that conclusive? Of course not. You know, we don't know exactly because, like I said, the, you know, the MCU is very tricky how they do things. But who knows what's going to end up with Zemo because just look at what happened with, you know, a lot of things that has happened in the MCU from, you know, killing off Cap or killing off Cap, basically making him have, you know, decide to go and have his relationship with Peggy, killing off Iron Man, killing off Black Widow, how they did and all this kind of stuff. We just don't know what they're going to do. And so it's, it's kind of their way of kind of keeping us, you know, surprised. And I think that's really fun. Oh, it definitely is. And, I mean, look, uh, as far as, you know, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier goes, there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot to come, but the whole thing with the Black Widow film, the connections that were supposed to be there between the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow, because the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first show to come out, not WandaVision, they could very easily have just taken some of that stuff out of Black Widow. You know, just like just like uh, Perry mentioned, the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers. Obviously, there there was at one point a, uh, an aspect of the show where there was going to be a pandemic type situation, where there was going to be some kind of virus. That's what killed Carly's friend or whatever, you know, or something like that. I think on the show or on the episode, or was tuberculosis or whatever, something like that. Um, that very well could have been like a virus type situation that she was supposed to die from. Um, was, yeah. yeah, so I think at that point it's it's it makes sense that they could just change Black Widow's films. It doesn't come out until what? Uh June. June? Yeah. July. July. Oh, July. Sorry. Yeah. When when does the Eternals come out? November fifth. That's gonna be cool. I can't wait. That's that's my that's like my spoiler movie right there. <laughs> yeah, because it it's funny, I, I went and saw a movie yesterday at the theaters. And, oh, good for you, Cyber. Yeah, and the trailer for Black Widow, they had it at the beginning of the movie, and it still says May 7th, even though they got, it got pushed to July 9th now. Um, but still, at the same time, it's like, it's like you should update that date because that confuses people. And like <laughs> I was like watching, and I'm like, it should still be May 7th, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm sure, Perry, you must have saw that new Black Widow trailer, man. It was great. Yeah, and I the one Thunderbolt. Yeah, 
I had I got I got to see it. I went and saw um Godzilla versus Kong a couple nights ago. Oh wow. And and that was that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good uh uh for what it was. It was good. Um but uh <laughs> I don't like uh, I don't like all this competition with HBO Max and everything and whatnot and this whole deal. I don't like all that stuff at all. I, I just wish the theaters would open up. So like mm-hmm. stuff could just go to the theaters like it's supposed to, and we wouldn't have to worry about you know these HBO Max and Disney Plus drops and everything and whatnot. How are the theaters down in Florida? The one that's local to me, that's closest to me, in Port Charlotte, which is like a five minute ride from here from where I live, um, it it's closed. Okay. The one in Sarasota, the big the bigger you know I'm in Sarasota County. The one in Sarasota is open. So I want like so I mean for instance if my theater stays closed I'll go to Sarasota to see Black Widow when it comes out. I'm there's no way I'm not going to see Black Widow in theaters. I'm going to see yeah. it. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's one thing I was going to mention to you guys earlier was was a, a kind of a question and a, and like an opinion. You know, do you think it's difficult for Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige to really gain perspective in terms of what kind of reaction they're getting from audiences and stuff like that to this stuff? Taking into consideration that we got no MCU content for over a year and a half, or whatever you know, and like all of a sudden now it's back, and it's it's these are the first like you know these are the first occurrences of the Disney Plus MCU series like this you know like, and so there's a newness to it. Do you think at that point they're still capable of seeing the big picture like you mentioned earlier, Perry, as far as like learning from their mistakes? for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think it changes, uh, too much. I think if anything, um, actually, so let me, let me look at it from two points. I think because everything is new right now and we went like what a year and a half, almost two years without any content, um, like Marvel content, there is that like, oh my gosh, it's back and everything that comes on, like that's Marvel is great. You know, like there is like kind of like that excited blindness a little bit, you know, and uh, that could be a factor um, when they're looking at numbers and they're looking at what people are saying. Like um, people might not be as critical because they're just happy that it's back, you know? Um, But I think that wears off quicker than people think. And, uh, I think with Black Widow, that's going to be the tough sell for Marvel Studios for them to gauge how they go about telling these stories moving forward, especially when Black Widow is a story that takes place in the past and all that stuff and whether or not people connect with that because they know how like things play out. Um, but at the same time, they kind of like if we're having conversation about it, they had a conversation about it is how I look at it, you know? So I think they're going to be able to gauge what people think. And I don't think it'll change, uh, change how they do things too much. Um, the only thing that might change is if something happens and there's another pandemic and everything goes to shit again, you know, (laughs) like, I think that's, I think we're out of that phase of it. And now they can start kind of getting back on track with everything sure sure and and what do you think cyber 
I don't see Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far being the kind of series that's going to promote any characters the way that like WandaVision did with with Monica Rambeau. I don't get that same vibe from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The the secondary characters besides uh, Falcon, besides Sam and Bucky, they're kind of they're kind of underwhelming in a way. They're not like you know Sharon Carter was great in Episode Three, but you get a feeling you get a you get a vibe. Mm-hmm that they're not trying to make things too big with her and everything and whatnot, you know, like, um, I'm not sure how long her character is going to stick around in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like in WandaVision, you know, they really kind of, it was the introduction to a character that we haven't been introduced to. Unfortunately, the winter, the Falcon soldier, (laughs) the Falcon, the winter soldier, you know, Sharon Carter, we already established who she is. We've already seen her a few times. You know, Bucky with Sam, we've seen them several times. They're already very well established. Zemo, we've seen him before, and, you know, we know about him. I mean, so, like, out of all the characters, I would say, in the series that we've seen so far, the only one I feel seen any sort of, like, kind of that same feel like with Monica Rambo would be the power broker. And the fact that he's such as that person, that character is such a huge villain in the MCU, he could be one of those potential type of characters. But I can totally see why you're saying that because we have so many characters that we've already are so well aware of in this series. So we don't have that same surprise like we do in WandaVision. Because think about it, WandaVision, Vision and Wanda, both of those characters were still very fresh because we only got them in Age of Ultron. And then yeah. we only saw them in Civil War and then somewhat in Infinity War. So we didn't get as much airtime like as, say, Sharon Carter, Bucky, and Sam have. So I think that's why you, we're probably getting that feeling with this series is simply for that fact that we're just already too well established with those characters. And so they're not giving us that many unestablished characters yet, whereas it's a very slow burn, like Perry was saying. And that's how it is kind of like with the power broker in this series. Like maybe he will end up becoming kind of like that character, like Monica Rambo was for WandaVision. And we'll get that finally, that new take on a new character that we're not familiar with. Because like I said, with Baron, even though we only saw him in one film, it was a very established portion of the film he was in. Like we saw him majority of that film. And him dealing with those characters. So it wasn't like how Wanda was, like kind of like we got to see her here and there in Civil War. And then we saw her here and there in, you know, Age of Ultron. It wasn't like they were the main stars, whereas in WandaVision they were. So all that I feel encompasses why we probably get that feeling with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, it's 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 tough when you have very established characters already to introduce brand new characters like the way that they're going about it. And it's exactly what you guys are saying that it, it it doesn't feel like anybody's going to be completely um, like established to become this huge, big thing in the show. You know, it's, it's very, uh, it's very grounded in, in what it's trying to do, you know? Um, Whereas WandaVision and we talked about it when we did our WandaVision reviews that it's a setup with uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in the multi um, multiverse of madness and all that stuff. So I it, it like I, I think we all are 
like after talking about it that we're all feeling like we're like okay episodes episode four and uh has got to be like that next like level of like story and action and like kind of getting to the point where we're feeling like we're building up because it's definitely getting to that point where it's like there's only six episodes you know wandavision had nine right Mm -hmm. and uh this one is three episodes less. And I feel like WandaVision had more in its first three episodes than we got out of Falcon and Winter Soldier in their three episodes. So we're, we'll, we'll see how it goes moving forward. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad show by any means. I'm having a lot of fun watching it. And I, I don't mean for like the way that I'm talking about it to come off. Like I'm like bummed out about it. Um, It's mostly just me being excited to see where it goes, you know, and, and I, I just want more, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I agree. I mean, I agree as a fan, it's a, it's a fun show. Um, I think that one thing that was missing from the one element for me that was missing from this episode was Sam as the Falcon, you know, like actually yeah. getting to see him as the Falcon again, you know, like that was a, that was like one of the, the great things for me watching episode one and two was seeing yeah. Falcon as Falcon. Um, yeah. and you know, uh, Honestly, I still believe at the end of the day that Sam's going to get the shield. And he's going to be Captain America by the end of the show. I want to believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, but I could be wrong, of course. You know, again, like Cyber said, like you said, Perry, you never know with Marvel Studios. They could totally change the game on us last minute. And who knows where they could go, you know. But what do you guys think? Would you, um, would you, do you think that Sam Wilson as Captain America can, could, could do solo movies? And they and they would make they would do well. Uh, I hundred percent agree they would. I think that the establishment already of Sam, uh, or as Anthony Mackie established in the MCU, he's already a already a very amazing character. So the fact that him becoming Captain America, like he does in the comic books, the character of the Falcon, I think that a lot of people would enjoy that, especially because you know with Chris Evans supposedly not returning as Captain America anytime soon. The fact that we enjoyed Anthony Mackie as the Falcon in Captain America and the Winter Soldier and kind of their camaraderie, and we could, we saw that in Civil War, we saw that in Infinity War, all the films, uh, and just the establishment and the work that Anthony Mackie put into the character, I feel that he would do very successful in his own solo films. Most definitely, I think people would go see that. Oh yeah, most definitely. What do you think, Perry? Yeah, I agree. I think because he's already, they're not trying to pull somebody out of nowhere and try to become Captain America and try to like throw it at people and say, Hey, this is the new Captain America. You've never seen him in a movie before. You know, like they're not going to try to do that with a movie. So if they, if they took the Sam Wilson, Captain America and like built it up like that and, uh, I think he would he would obviously do a great job and he's already been in the movies so it's not like he's brand new to how Marvel operates or how like the movies operate and um I think it would be a very like important move into like showcasing where these characters are going to move forward for the future cuz just like comic books like people get re- like characters get replaced as different like other char- like for other characters and like when somebody dies and they had their partner for years, like that partner becomes that main guy, you know? Um, so I think 
if they decided to do that, it'd be very successful and also very important in, in showing people that like, that's, that's how things are going to be. You know, if somebody dies on screen, like we're not just going to bring them back just to call them Captain America again, or the Iron Man again, or like whatever, like they're like, somebody else is going to take the mantle and like, that's, that's how it's going to work. And I think that'll be important with understanding that like, Captain America isn't a single person. It's, it's an ideal and it's, it's an attitude. It's, it's something to live like, you know, it, it means more than just one person, you know, and that idea, it's the same thing with like um, how DC does in the comics with Batman. Batman is not a man. He's an idea, you know, like he, he's, it's this, he's a symbol just like Captain America is a symbol for something more, you know? Um, and I think that notion is really could do them really well with putting Sam Wilson as Captain America. And obviously Anthony Mackie would do a fantastic job just because Anthony Mackie is fantastic. But um, yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be a lot of fun and uh, really successful. Well, I mean, there's open, there's open slots in phase five for films. So, I mean, who knows what could happen? I mean, you know, uh, but I'll tell you what, you guys tell me what you think. With Isaiah Bradley's story, and then on top of that, Zemo's attitude and the things he says about about like superheroes, I don't see Sam even considering taking the Super Soldier serum at this point. Like, I don't see it happening. Yeah, it seems it seems unlikely that he'll take it um, voluntarily. You know, it seems like if he gets it, it'll be forced upon him. Um, for whatever reason, but yeah, it doesn't seem like he's going to be in the mindset to want to take it. Um, but who knows? Well, maybe like, maybe, you know, like he said in his speech in the beginning, maybe times are different and we need a different kind of hero now, you know, we need a different style of hero, a different type of hero than like Steve Rogers, Captain America. Um, I, I think that it's, it's, it's honestly, you can't, Think of the whole cultural angle of Black Panther and how successful that was because of the cultural angle. And I think that Sam Wilson would do the same thing for Captain America. He would elevate the Captain America stature as a black actor playing Captain America, being Captain America. I think I think it would be like the biggest. I mean, I'm not into this woke stuff, but. You know, it would be it would be really culturally like a big deal if that actually you know, you know happened. Yeah, yeah. For and I think the idea of like if you're if you want to like break it down as like a cultural thing, I think it would mean a lot for a lot of young um, young people to see like a black actor, a black character being Captain like America. You yeah, know, well, like wow. yeah. yeah, and for him to be like the symbol for like america as a marvel character you know i think that would be a really cool and important thing for not only like right now but just setting a tone for like the future and that it doesn't matter you know like it comes down to who's like if you're if you're of that if you're worthy of that rank it doesn't matter of like what what skin color you have and all that stuff and i think it would just set a precedent that just because like a character is notoriously white in the comics or something that, or like all the, a lot of the main characters in the MCU have been predominantly white on a major scale. 
that um like these main characters should also be representative of the rest of the like the community that they have fans of you know yeah and it connects to the comic books too of course because sam has right. been captain america so like that you know it, it ties into the canon and everything too um yep. i don't you know what do you think cyber i don't want to overdo the whole racial angle or anything like that but i just have a feeling that like perry said i think that it would really be maybe even uniting to have yep. wilson play captain america because let's be honest here you know as well as i do cyber that film and TV really affects culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. I mean, look at what Black Panther did for the African-American community. Look at, you know, what, um, when Monica Rambeau came in the picture, you know, all, whenever the, a new type of character is introduced that's a different ethnicity, it's always a big deal to that community. And so to not go too far and deep into it, but basically give it a, a thing like the if they do make you know the next captain america officially sam that would be a huge impact to the african american african american community and that would be a huge success and that would be very culturally good to to you know basically what's going on in the world today simple fact you know because we i don't know if anybody else has seen it but a lot of people are there talking about the asian hate right now so i mean that alone so that's why there's a lot of asian themed films being made with asian mostly asian cast it's to kind of you know help show that you know all ethnicities are good all ethnicities should be represented in however fashion they want to be and that's that's basically what would i feel what would happen if sam becomes captain america because he'll be representing america as a african-american so yeah definitely that would be a culturally good thing oh there's no question it would have it would have an effect it would be powerful it would be a powerful symbol it really would be um you know because these these movies transcend they do they they transcend and uh really you know i feel like um what i love about the the idea of sam wilson as captain america is that he's black but you'd still be you kids would still be buying the same captain america t-shirts they bought with steve rogers was captain america with the shield on the front you know what i mean or like on the back or whatever you know and you wouldn't see sam's face on it you know what i'm saying like that's not how captain america t-shirts look i've got like four or five of them mm-hmm. you know i mean like there's only one of them i think where you actually see like captain steve rogers captain america on it the rest of it's just the shield so like yeah. you know in a way being captain america transcends race if you think about it you know because it's an mm-hmm. idea it's a concept right. mm-hmm. yeah which bucky obviously understands and yeah. is trying to press onto sam and get him to, to grasp you know like you heard what bucky said in episode three i'll take the shield yeah i'll take yeah. the shield before you throw it away yeah that's a <laughs> yeah all right so what do you guys think perry you, you about ready to cut it out yeah, yeah, I think we've I think we've had a really good discussion about how we feel about the show moving forward, you know. And uh so I think we had a really productive talk about like where we think the episodes are going and how we think of the last three episodes and all that discussion. Um but I hope everybody that gets a chance to watch this, whether it's on YouTube or uh or they're watching it live or they get to watch it however um 
on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate we appreciate you guys checking it out. Uh, make sure you keep track of what we're doing on the MCU Bleeding Edge, um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. You guys can check out these two fellas, Cyber and Jeff. Wait, wait, Cyber and Jeff. There we go. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's opposite on my camera. Yeah, it's opposite on my camera. So my right hand is like on the yeah. Yep, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find them on Rizzle. I'm going to be jumping on as uh, Jeff is showing on the screen right now. Perry will get his ass on there at some point. He is right. I will be on there in probably a few weeks once my once my uh, schedule clears up with classes and stuff. But thank you guys so much for watching the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Uh, uh, review number three or review of episode three of Falcon and Winter Soldier. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.